a listener exclusive. From the Penguin Parade at Phillip Island to that new building development in the middle of Warrigal, this is Talking Gippsland with Ed Cowlishaw. And welcome to another episode of Talking Gippsland. I'm Ed Cowlishaw. Nice to catch up with you. Today we're going to wander down a musical journey with a great young talented musician, Harry Hook. Bred here in Gippsland, has built a wonderful following with his catchy vibes and wonderful demeanour when it comes to exploring his narrative as a musician. Today, Harry stops by the studio to have a little bit of a yarn about some new music he's set to release, his love of family and his passion for Gippsland. Kick back, relax and enjoy Harry Hook. Your career is going north, which is great. It's sensational. <laughs> I love catching up with musicians. They're not only passionate about their music, but somehow managing everything and going through that journey. First things first, what made you fall in love with the guitar or with, with music itself? What was it that just said, yep, you've got me hook, line and sinker? What was that moment? Well, I grew up in a pretty musical household. Like, um, No professional musicians, in inverted commas, but my dad always played growing up and he always had, the coolest thing was he always had instruments around. I got three brothers and two sisters. They all play. So we had kind of like family jams just at the dinner table, Sunday afternoons, all that sort of stuff. Um, so I, I guess it just permeated through like that. And, uh, man, I I, uh, I really fell in love with like old school folk music and stuff when I was about 16, 17. Got really into Bob Dylan. Still yeah. kind of, my heart's still there in yeah. a lot of ways. So yeah. man, that old school stuff, for some reason, I just remember hearing like um, another side of Bob Dylan for the first time, put it on vinyl. And it just hit me. It's knocked me out. I've never heard anything like it. And yeah. I don't know why it's that period in history, but it just gets me, man. It's a moment, isn't it? And vinyl, everything sounds better on vinyl. Yes. Um, but I remember <laughs> seeing Bob live in concert. It must have been the early 2000s. He came out here yeah. and it was just surreal. Like yeah. it was stepping back in time, emotion. It was at Rod Laver Arena. You had all the modern things and everything like that. Yeah. But it, there was no dancing. There's no performing. It's just him, his guitar. Yeah. And his music and his backup singers. And that was it. Four people on stage. Yeah. A bit like what Ed Sheeran does nowadays, where it's just him and a guitar. Yeah. And and singing. And that, it was just haunting. Yeah. It was haunting. And was it that with Bob? Like, I mean, you just take you yeah. to another story, another, another level? I think there's something like, there's something ancient about songwriting mm. and telling stories in song. It's just been in humanity mm. since the dawn of time, I think. So, yeah, it's channeling something I don't know, this deep inside. You, I, I believe in like souls and stuff like that. Channeling something like at the bottom of your soul, you know. And, it's, and I found um, once I started writing my own songs, it was like a, a feeling like I'd never had, but this release of like getting stuff out of you that you didn't even know you, you had pent up in there. I love it how uh, you were saying that there was just instruments lying around the house. <laughs> Which is always great for a youngster. <laughs> and I grew up playing a cello and I broke, I think, 12 strings, four bridges, uh, and someone put a foot through it as well, carrying it on the bus one day. Um, didn't go well with my school that I was attending at the time. But at the same time, you're tinkering, you're yeah. fiddling, you're creating, and you don't even know it because you're exploring at the same time. Was it like that with your brothers and sisters? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, I think that's like... The, the purest way to learn, you know, I, I did the piano lessons and stuff when I was a mm. kid. So you learn the theory and stuff, but I actually like did begrudgingly. I didn't really enjoy piano lessons and stuff like that. Glad it gave me a bit of a foundation. But once you just get to that stage where, you know, you, 
I'd just be sitting in front of the TV, the ads come on, and you just pick up the guitar and you start noodling. And then all of a sudden, you got a little riff that sounds all right. And then you build that into a chord. And then all of a sudden, you've got like, you know, this groove. Then you've got a brother over there who's like, you might have a cajon. He's sitting on a cajon to watch the TV. He starts tapping away on that. And then you have like, you know, another brother who's got like a harmonica in his pocket, you know. So just, it was very natural. And it was just, we grew up on a farm, you know, uh, like you make your own fun on a farm. So that was our way of passing the time. So whereabouts is the farm? Where is the family homestead? And is it still there? It is still there. It's in a little town called Kawa. Yeah. So just the outskirts of Terrelgan. Um, big kind of dairy uh, community, but our farm was beef farm. And yeah, my parents are still on the property. And yeah, it was a great place to grow up. We actually grew up in the city until I was about five. Yep. But then did the full-on tree change and, you know, country life was, was for me that was the place for me black angus cattle out black, in the paddocks absolutely love black it. angus love it love it yeah that's all right there's, there's my rural report for the day um there's no doubt about that harry hooks joined us on the show of course and uh we're talking all things music and his journey as well so so growing up in cowra you're on the paddocks you're, you're looking for things to do as mm. a youngster and you've got a big fairly big family yeah. uh for the modern day um <laughs> go back 50 years there's probably 10 or 13 kids running around as that's well it. uh the traps as well <laughs> So what was mum and dad's support like when it comes to your music and going, hey, this is where I want to go? Because we all have this discussion as teenagers. What's your backup plan? What's your yeah, yeah. what's your real focus? What's your day <laughs> job going to be? Are you going to help me here on the farm or not? What are you? How were those discussions with mum and dad? Well, yeah, my, my parents are both very practical people, and they've done. Um, they're actually um, from the dental world. They're both uh, in oh. dentistry. Oh, right. So the farm was like a you know. A, um, what do you call them? The Collins Street cockies. Like it was, uh, <laughs> they began like that. But now farming is their is their, their full enterprise. Um, but yeah, so they had a very strong uh, emphasis on education, and I had to go to university, um, and they they were all about a backup mm. plan. So I actually um, yeah went and did uh, law school. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's I a stayed. backup plan. Yeah. That's a powerful backup plan, right? How'd uh, that go? Man, well, I, I loved uni. I had a great time there, but I uh, was... How'd the law degree go? I don't, <laughs> I don't want to know what was going on on a Tuesday night at pub night. Uh, I can tell you, yeah, all the, the, the drink deals in Carlton. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, yeah, I wasn't the, the most avid law student. And it, it, um, you know, I, I got a lot out of it. I met a lot of cool people and it was interesting, but... I knew towards the end that life in the law wasn't for me. I worked as a paralegal for a while, yeah. Um, but I, I found it um, shut me down, didn't lift me up. You know what I mean? I did, it wasn't the environment for me. It, and no, nothing against people who follow that path. No, it just um, and kudos to you as well. Kudos to well you, done. absolutely. Yeah. Man, it's, it's a hard road, but um, yeah, that, I think the adversarial and conflict element of the law wasn't for me. And I also had this, I was busking at the same time. I was at Union. That was going really well. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're making all this coin on a Friday night after the footy, people, you know, out on the town, and you're playing like John Denver songs and they're loving it. And you're like, oh, this actually feels pretty good. This is where I feel most natural. So um, gave it a shot and I entered a competition up in the Tamworth Country Music Festival. Yeah. I, I like country music. I didn't know that was where I was going to get my break. But I broke into that world and just thing like gig after gig started happening. It was sort of like it, it took hold. I, I didn't even have to make the choice of like I'm not following law anymore. There was just so much stuff going on in music that I just followed gig to gig um, and then see where it you know took me. You know? From law to Tamworth. Now, yeah. that <laughs> that is what we're talking about, isn't it? Because you find that creative niche, don't you? And I mean... Mm. There's something about every musician that I speak to, uh, they're happy, and, and especially after what's happened with COVID and being trapped in our own little caves, just making oh, yeah. music. Yeah, yeah. But it's the performing that you're after. It's, it's that, hey, I've written a song. Yeah. 
and I want you to hear it yeah. and get a reaction out of it as well. It's like artists as well when they're painting or sculpturing or whatever it is. Yeah. I've created this. There's a story behind it. Take it in. Yeah. Is that what you're feeling? Yeah. If you throw the ball, you want someone to catch it, right? Yeah. You know, um, I think the COVID time taught me, especially I tried to do the Zoom stuff. I did live concerts online. They, you know, fulfilled about 10% of that urge. There's nothing like actually being in a room with people. And it doesn't matter if you're in the room with five people or 5,000. Mm. Just that feeling of um, you've got their attention. I think it it gives you like it's like a drug, man. It, it gives you a um, a focus. You know, you must find it when you're talking on the radio. Yeah. Knowing people are listening, it takes your brain to a next level, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, especially when you're in a padded room like this, uh, and you know, sometimes you think you're talking to yourself, and then the phone rings. Yeah, and yeah. then you have that connection with the listener where it's just you're having a chat, a yeah. conversation like what we're doing now, and it is a thrill. And with your music and how you find that creativity, Tamworth is that mecca. It's If you haven't been to the Country Music Festival in Tamworth, <laughs> you've got to do it. I know it was moved to April this year, yeah. uh, and a few musicians were up in arm about it, um, but mainly because it was a little bit colder. <laughs> but January, it is it's something. It's else, a right? moment in time, isn't it? Every year <laughs> yeah. is different. But as you mentioned, you get discovered, you meet people, you don't know who you're talking to, but you know somehow yeah. it's going to weave you into something special. And and the country scene is loyal. I tell you oh. what, they, they see you and they like you at a gig, they'll get everything you put out, they'll, <laughs> they'll follow you. And um, I've had some you know ups and downs through my career, but the people, there's a fan base there that I got from oh. that first festival that has followed me the whole way. And like, you know, I've got to say, people in Gippsland have been great like that too. I, I remember coming back here mm. after my, um, you know, being having a few good moments in Tamworth and... Um, People just wanted to get on board the journey and have shown me such pride, you know. So I'm really um, grateful. Harry Hooks joined us. We're talking, of course, musical journey here on Talking Gippsland. Uh, Plenty to discuss. And we're also uh, going to get a little preview of uh, a new song that centres around something that we love here in Gippsland. <laughs> and that is the Oval Ball, a bit of uh, Aussie Rules football as well. That's uh, coming away shortly. So when did it get serious with the music? When did you, you've spoken about the Tamworth moment. Yeah. But when did it start going, all right, um, let's go down the track where we can try and make a living out of this. Yeah, well, I got signed to uh, Warner Music and, you know, made my first album, which was, you know, uh, an experience like I'll never forget. The, the excitement and the buzz, uh, um, you know, you have a few like um, label interactions that are like surreal, like from the movies, you know, the A&R guy comes over and says, you know, we need more cowbell, that kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it was cool, man. It was just like an experience. I never thought I'd get anywhere further than a busker. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm in studio up in Sydney, making my first album for a major label. And uh, it, you know, since then there was some ups and downs. The, um, the second album I made didn't, end up seeing the light of day with the label and stuff so I got dropped. Did you know that at the time when you're making it you put because mm. putting you put so much effort into an album. An mm. album's like writing a book. Uh it's hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> um you got to find the influences, you got to make sure the songs fit as well. There'll be stuff on the so when something doesn't yeah. work after a really good start did you have an inkling that this was going to fail? What, what, what happened? There was some tension in the studio. We, we tried a number of times to reinvent the magic of the first one. Yeah, so right. we tried different bands, tried a number of things. We couldn't quite capture it, you know? Yeah. Um, in the end, I'm really proud of the album we came up with. It which was a hard road to get there. And by the time we got there, you know, the music industry is a very fickle business. People weren't really interested 
you know, there was a hip hop boom or mm. Taylor Swift kind of boom, like my kind of style of music. Had... So what era is this? This 2009, 2010? Mid-2010s. Mid, mid yeah, yeah, right, yeah okay. like 2015. Yep. I think we made the record in 2016. Yeah, the right. Second one. Yeah, yep. first album came out in 2014. Yeah. 2016, the second one. And it was just one of those things that let them, you know, people move on. The head of the, the label, who was a champion of mine, ended up going to work for Spotify in New York, which was cool. But, you know, you get a whole lot of new staff in who don't know who you are and yep. you just you get a bit lost in the wash of a big corporation. I'm sure, yeah, you know, like it's um they're big organisations, you know. And um, how tough was it? How tough was it for you mentally? I mean, you, you go through that and you feel like you you're starting, and then all of a sudden, bang. Yeah, man. I don't think you get into this life because it's going to be easy. So, yeah. just one of those things. But it did. I had a rough time for a while. I came back home here and just went back to my parents' farm. Just had a period of solitude. Also, you know, just doing like so much. I was gigging like like every weekend. Yeah. Um, so I kind of lost touch with friends and stuff like that because you're you're playing when everyone's having fun, and then um, not not to win. I bloody love it, but I, I just <laughs> I'd, I'd got to the burnout factor. You it's know? a grind though. Yeah, it's yeah. a grind. You got the touring, you got the album release, and you, once the wheel gets spinning, yeah, you really can't stop it. And you throw in like a bit of a relationship breakdown on top of that, and it was yeah. all a bit much. So I went into hibernation, a yep. bit of a torpor on um, my parents' farm and just wrote a whole lot of music and also focused back onto playing. I just wanted to become a better guitar player, a better singer, so really practice hard for about a year and then started, you know, slowly recording stuff again. And then uh, I met a Gippsland girl. Yes, you did. <laughs> fell in love and then COVID happened. So um, then you were stuck together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, it was it was a good test. I know we're going to make it because we survived COVID. You know? So were you one of those couples that obviously you, you fell in love, yeah. right? But was it were you trapped together? Were you like say, oh, all right, because well, you got lockdowns happening? Yeah. Uh, Dan the man's going, hey, you can't go anywhere. You're not allowed to move. You can't breathe. You can't explore. You can't do anything. And um, once that lockdown happened, yeah. Right. Um. Hi. Um. I guess we're living together now. Is that how it sort of happened? Yeah, that was it. And um, Mim uh, had two little kids. Well, she has two little kids yeah. that I, I consider my own now. But yeah. um, so we were like a, you know, um, just a water and instant family. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, but man, it was like a blessing in disguise because there, there wasn't the distraction of, of having to go on the road or yeah. um, you know the outside world. It was just let's focus on on each other and the family and you know tend to our garden and do that like simple. Mm. We felt like a retired couple, you know, simple domestic life with yeah. little kids. And, um, it was a great bonding period, really. There was a time, you know, towards the end, like for everyone, I'm sure, um, especially those in Melbourne, like it. it, it you know, I was really craving just that live performance thing again in the outside world. Uh, but I've got to say, I fared it pretty well. I was very lucky. So you come out of COVID, right? And as we're starting to get out of COVID, musicians are like climbing the walls here. Um, mm. Everyone's just rebooking the gigs that were already booked for the back end of, say, 2021 and things like that. Hey, we'll get to you, we'll get to you, we'll get to you. But you've just mentioned... Right, you've just started an instant family, a yeah. beautiful, wonderful family with your partner in crime, Mim and the kids, and all of a sudden things are going to get busy again. And it happened immediately when yeah. it comes to gigs and stuff like that. So how did you find that balance at the start of this year, for instance? Yeah, I've been a bit more selective about where I play. Right. Just, I kind of think the kids are little, and um, my wife, um, she works in breakfast radio, like yeah. to find stuff, which you know, has its own schedule. Yep, yeah. it does, <laughs> it does. Yeah. yeah, I'm like up late, she's up like first thing in the morning, so yep. high five. <laughs> when I get home, she gets that. Um, but yeah, I, I just kind of pick, pick and choose my gigs. I've actually been focusing a lot on the local scene here in Gippsland mm. um, and working on a new album, so that's been my focus. I feel like this is my... 
um, a chance to sort of say I'm back in the game, you know. Um, so that's been a big focus. I've been doing it all here in Gippsland. I'm just thinking local. I've been playing local halls, mm. um, just getting to know my community again. And, um, man, it's been very gratifying. I feel like it's a bit like, um, you know, the, the, like the touring musician model of like the 30s and 40s, like the bl- old blues guys who'd be playing around Mississippi in little halls. Yeah. I feel like that's starting to happen here a little bit just with you can play a gig in Glengarry and then go and play a gig in, you know, Sale and go pop over to Bandstone and play a whole booth and play a whole gig there. And you can – there's these pockets of yeah. a music-loving crowd that you can actually – you can tour Gippsland, you know, pretty fulfillingly. With enough bums on seats, it's cool. It, it's a decent area. And the small town, uh, small halls tour as well that's been going on. I know Fanny mm. Lumsden was in our backyard uh, a couple of months ago. Yeah, And yeah. she was performing um, up at Stratford and was down at uh, Menion Town Hall as well. So, I mean, we've got all these wonderful eclectic areas yeah. where, look, it may not be a hall that holds, you know, 3,000 people, mm. um, but at the same time... It's got an area where you're going to get people that are passionate about it and you're celebrating local music you know, in a big, big way. Do you feel refreshed? Yeah, I, I certainly do. And I'll tell you what, speaking of like crowd capacities and stuff, man, I've, I've, I've been lucky enough to play to like a crowd of 10,000 people mm. and I've been lucky enough to play, you know, to five people in, in a, you know, a house concert. And I think my favourite is that little small hall pocket. There's something about it. When yeah. you've got playing to about 50 or 60 in a nice old wooden thing, you don't need too much amplification. The natural acoustics do the job. There's something about that. That's my favourite, I think. Mm. Yeah, at oh, this stage, I, yeah. anyway. I remember when we first chatted, you, you were about to do a gig in Glengarry mm. and you were just pumped about it, the intimacy mm. of... Uh, it's a beautiful town. Beautiful town, Glengarry. Love that. Join their Sunday markets, of course. Once a month is brilliant as well. Mm. Um, but they understand. They know what they know what quality is, don't they? They know mm. that, hey, and they won't... And this is everywhere in Gippsland. They call a spade a spade. You know yeah. if you do oh, it all yeah, right, yeah. don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you know if you do it all right in Gippsland. <laughs> and if you don't, uh, so yeah, they'll let you know as well. They'll turn they? up the footy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Harry Hooks, Jordan, we're having a good old yarn, uh, of course, talking about his musical journey, but also um, some great music uh, that's coming your way as well. You're working on the new album, yeah. but you've also got a single release just in time uh, for the AFL Grand Final, of course. And you were mentioning this to me uh, the last time we chatted, that around about September you've got this, this great full song so what is it about where has this story resonated when it comes to footy is it Gippsland related well before I came back home I was up in Sydney um and you know it was all NRL and that yeah. sort of stuff and yeah. I was I was not interested I mean it's just <laughs> yeah it's like throwing bricks to me I came back down here and coming back to the country I'm like I'd forgotten how good footy is. I yeah. loved it as a kid, but just, you know, I'm, I'm away up north or whatever. Came back and just, like, I love the yeah. feeling of a pub, you know, especially this final series. Yeah. Everyone in there just, you know, just buzzed, even if you don't support the teams, just that, that energy that it creates. And I love it. It's their own unique culture, right? Mm. Um, so, like, yeah, I've really fallen in love with the game again. And this season, like, what a season to be, like, diving back into footy. I mean, it's just incredible. I love what they've done with the game. It really is. It really is epic. And I think that that feeling, especially for all Victorians, is that it's back at the G. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. There's that real sense of it. I mean, even Gillian McLaughlin, uh, the AFL CEO, was saying uh, yesterday on Triple M Arvos, he was saying that, um, you know, I, he can't remember a grand final being this built up since the time that he's been in power as well. And yeah. that, there's been some pretty decent ones uh, over the journey. So what does what does the story tell? What, do you, what are you telling in this song? Well, I... I I love watching the guys, you know, the, the game makers, like the Buddy Franklins, the Dusty Martins, you know, the mm-hmm. Supers, everyone loves watching them. But I love watching them for that psychological element that you see. Some people crumble under those big moments, you know, they, they like kick the behind. 
and you have some people that just rise to the occasion. And when you see that, that's just like it's it's uh, like superhuman. It just I, I'm awestruck by that, and I find it's a bit. I, I can relate to it a little bit. The performance side, you know, because sometimes if I'm really nervous at a gig, you cannot hit the note because you're thinking about it too much. Sometimes you just get into that sweet spot where you, you you perform out of yourself, you know, and you hit that note that you couldn't hit, you know, on Monday morning. I think, um, yeah, that, that, that those guys that can achieve that, like this song is just an ode to them. It's called Big Time Flyer. You can find it everywhere online, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, all that stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, Harry Hook's going to play for us now. Uh, it's been a pleasure catching up with him, of course, uh, this morning. Uh, Harry, uh, let's hear Big Time Flyer here on Triple M and Talking Gippsland. Big time flyer, as good as it gets I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't best If you draw my eye, you'll be took to the test Big time flyer, mark it straight on my chest No one gets high at the MCG All the fans in the stands just came to see me I'm your part-time pilot, call air traffic control Big time flyer is on a roll I said, Jessel, and go You beauty up so high Jessel, and go Excuse me while I kiss the sky You better lock up your sons and your daughters Cause I'm the chief of the premiership quarter I turn haters into supporters When the siren goes I'm your big time flyer I'm your big time flyer Big time flyer, feed me the pill You know I can do what no one else will Don't call me a liar, don't get up in my grill I'll waste your whole team just as if it's a drill It's not a matter of time, it's just a matter of fact I force feed the scoreboard till your coach gets sacked Yeah, I'll win you a flag, I'll win it back to back Norm Smith, Brown, low, I'm on the dusty track Jessel, Jessel and go, you beauty, out of you, Jessel, Jessel and go, superstar slaying at altitude, walking tall, I see the ball, I can ball, I make my tiger look like nothing at all, don't trust me, listen to the call of the fans as the siren goes, I'm your big time flyer. I'm your big time flyer. Go Cats. Go Cats. (laughs) You've been singing Jizzolinko. Harry Hawkwood, big time flyer. I love it as well. So what, Geelong supporter? Is that? Nah, my grandpa was a staunch Geelong supporter. And you know, Truth be told, I'm a Saints guy myself. A lot of St Kilda supporters here in Gippsland. I know one of my yeah. good mates, uh, Teddy Lafferty, out at Lee and Gather. He's a passionate, passionate Saints fan, and yeah. so much pain. Oh, man, you got to be yeah, self-flagellation. That's the name of the game. So much pain. I mean, as a fan. demon, I felt like we had pain, but <laughs> now we're 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 through the darkness. Are you bummed it's out crazy. though? You don't get to see them at the at the G. Do it at the G. Okay, that, yeah. I got my hands on the cup in Terrelgan last year. It was oh, just nice. like with ribbons on it, and <laughs> yeah, it's got Melbourne on the cup. I don't care where. It is where it's right. One the problem is, I was in WA at the time oh. and I had tickets to the grand final. Oh. And came home a week early. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, even for a Saints fan, that hurts. I, that, that was really <laughs> painful, really painful stuff. No, no doubt about it. Have you had that passion for footy at all, or is it just 
I never so, played. I was I was too busy playing guitar and walking yeah. around the farm. But um, yeah, as a kid, uh, my dad took me to the '97 Grand Final when the Crows just did a number. Oh, you were in that game. Oh, I know. Darren Jarman. Yeah. So much going on. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. After that, I kind of took a little hiatus <laughs> and got back into it in 2010. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Come on, Milne. No, it's got nothing oh, no. to do with Stephen Milne. It was about three metres away. But there's, yeah, and it's interesting. A lot of musicians do gravitate towards the Saints mm. as well. I don't know what that is, but there are so many musicians that love it's the so Saints. True. It's, yeah. Maybe it's the SB. I don't know. Maybe because that's the mecca of music here in Victoria in a lot of ways. Uh, don't say that to the Corner Hotel. But um, <laughs> there's there's a lot going on there. Something about those Saints. Hey, um, yep. Harry, it's been great to catch up with you today. Uh, talking about your musical journey, uh, your family life, your upbringing. And just your passion for this beautiful region that is Gippsland, of course. When's the next chance that we get to see you in the flesh? Where can we catch in the back end in of the, the year? In the flesh. I'll be doing like an album launch start of next year. So the rest of the year, I'm sort of out doing, um, finishing this album. Yep. So I'm next single about in November. And I do like a monthly, sorry, residency at the Star Hotel in Sale. So if, you, if you're looking for just a good time, I do, for those kind of gigs, it's, it's my warm up sort of thing. So I do a few covers as well, but it's um first Saturday of the month. Get yeah. down to the Star out in Sale and uh, have a good time out. Uh, he'll put on a show that's no doubt about that. Uh, Harry, pleasure to catch up with you. Likewise, Adam. Thanks for having me. A listener production.